Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Brought to you from one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas. The greatest arena on earth every game. Match, race, competition. It is always on. No one does sports like Vegas. The excitement is endless. So make sure and plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. The selection committee met. They pumped out a bracket. People pretended to care. And now we care more about football. That's about where we are, right? About where we are. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll get to it. Tell me more about uh, tell me more about Deshaun Watson. So here's what happened last week. Friday, it was determined that there would be no criminal charges facing Deshaun Watson in regards to these accusations. No criminal charges generally means you're free to, within reason, play. Of course, the uh, commissioner could come in and still suspend him additional games, as others have been suspended additional games, even though they weren't charged with an actual crime. Then Tom Brady Sunday announced he was coming out of retirement Sunday night. So we had Aaron Rodgers agree to stay and likely agree to terms on a new contract. We had um, Kyler Murray agreeing to a, a slightly tweaked version of his contract. And then we had Aaron Rodgers who had told us he was coming back. Now, Deshaun Watson, who most people consider talent-wise a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, because it was determined that there will be no, at least present day, criminal charges facing him, it means he likely can be moved now. And he got to be moved now before the league year fully kicks off so teams that don't have a quarterback can get a quarterback. That sets up a showdown between the, the Panthers, who've been searching for a quarterback, and would love to have Deshaun and the Saints, who, you know, it feels like would prefer him to Jameis Winston. And that's not a that's not a crazy, crazy ask or crazy wonderment there. But it is interesting that we went from we weren't even on Brady watch, but Brady unretiring to now it speeds up the Deshaun Watson story, which makes Deshaun Watson have one spot that he can go to. And what else is interesting is. Tampa had rightfully been accused of holding him too long, right? Last offseason, they held him too long. Then all of a sudden, these Chargers came out and they couldn't get rid of him. Now you could say they're still holding on to him, but because the Chargers, there are no criminal charges, and because there's so many teams with needs and there's no real great quarterbacks in this draft, he becomes even more valuable. Now you're, you're, you're plotting two NFC South teams against each other? Jay Stu, am I wrong, or could this actually end up being even better for the Houston Texans because they can trade him to anybody and they can and they know what their floor is in terms of negotiations? It sure seems like it's going to be better, right? I mean, I I think that um, I think the Houston GM is is looking like the the smart one here. He held to his guns a year ago, um, and by the way, if I'm not mistaken. Did uh, Watson turn down the Panthers last year? Wasn't there a deal on the table that he did not accept because he's got the no trade? Or is that just kind of speculation? I think it was speculation. I also think 
you know, I think he thought he had more options than he has now. But I also think that it was it, it was speculation that he he wouldn't. That's what Byer was alluding to, which is he didn't prefer to be in Carolina before. But all that seems to have changed, right? But that was back when he wanted to be in Miami, and Miami is like, yeah, we fired the coach who liked you, and we like Tua. So I still think he's toxic to some people. That there are just there are some places he will not be able to go, and some places have their quarterback. Right? Rams have theirs. Chargers have theirs. Seahawks don't. Niners have theirs at least for the time being uh, you kind of go through and teams that already have their quarterback you cross them off then there's a couple other teams which felt shunned by him and there's a couple other teams that you, you can't get him through security even if you are good at quarterback or do have sweat equity just because the type of of image that's been portrayed based upon these most recent lawsuits did I don't know what. Well, go ahead. Did you see how the whole thing played out with Schefter on Friday? I, I was I was just so amused by that. How he sends out that tweet that just looked like a, a cut and paste job from the from the from the agent, being like, "This is why we wanted you know the due process. This is exactly what we what what, what Watson was looking for." I'm thinking that looks so bad, and he took he just took a storm. Of uh, criticism for it, and then he had to clarify it and be like, "Of, of course, it means that just because he's, you know, the no charges doesn't mean he's innocent of, of anything." But it was just such a, an Adam Schefter moment, and he seems to be having more of those as time goes by, doesn't it? What, what's up with him? Well, I mean, I think that there's there's obviously a. I think what we've been let in on the sausage factory is that this is how it's all made: is he gets his information from agents and then he rewords them, and it's a lot like. Most of us, when we were in middle school, right, where you couldn't plagiarize something and you had to reword it, but you want to reword it in a way in which it sound almost exactly like what you wanted to plagiarize, only you couldn't plagiarize. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dan, go ahead. Yeah, it also is an appreciation for what Jay Glazer did. And I know Jay isn't as much in the breaking news game as he once was, but Jay would have stories that no one else would have. And I'm not saying that Schefter and Rappaport don't, but Jay was the guy, like Jay would have, Jay had the Brett Favre one, and it wasn't like Glazer tweets it out and then 30 seconds later you have three other NFL insiders tweeting it out. He would have it, and then everybody would have to go and scramble. And that's the, the sense that I get sometimes with the in, insiders, not trying to throw darts, but you know they, they get the information, as you say, from the agents, and it's just a matter of what insider can type it quicker than the other in providing their news. Yes, and and they want to get it out there because they want to be first, and if they don't put it in a way in which the agent wants them to put it, they mm-hmm. won't. They fear they won't get the, the information next time. I also loved this yesterday with Tom Brady when insiders didn't have anything to say because they just he had the tweet, so they would say something like... Per his at, tweet? Yeah, or, no, they would say, like, Tom Brady back in the NFL... After taking some time off, couldn't stay away from the game, he'll be back for his 23rd season. <laughs> like, you said nothing there. Like, there was no new information, but, like, you felt the need to send this almost dramatic tweet to be, you know, to be like, uh, he stepped away from the game, but now he's back. Tom Brady in Tampa, see you in the fall. It just is. It's just there's nothing to it. It's a waste of an alert on my phone, and I don't know why they do that. Yet it gets like eight thousand retweets. Yeah, it said absolutely I, nothing because I they think didn't that's have anything. Why. 
I think know? that's why, though. I think that's. I think it's. I think it's getting all those retweets. I know it says nothing, and it means nothing to you and I, but I think to mainstream America, some of those things get uh, caught up in their, get lost in in their uh, in their timeline, and then you put out a big bold tweet like, "Oh, yeah, Tom Brady is unretiring. Look at that." Adam Schefter has it. It's a way of. I think it's a way of trying to, to 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 take hold of the story which you have no ownership over. That's my that's my working yeah philosophy. <laughs> Listen, I've made a word salad or two on the air here at Fox Sports Radio without saying anything. So it's not that I'm not guilty of it myself, but it's just the need of saying something, you know, just to just to have it out there, and then you can like. Here's my receipt. See, I did tweet about Tom Brady soon yes. as the news. Yeah, I don't, I don't do the receipt thing, but lots of people do where they feel like they have to. It's a big story. I got to tweet about it. I got to tweet about it. No, you don't. You really don't. Um, Kirk Cousins is going to make more money. How much more? Wait till you find out next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Be sure to join Fox Sports Radio and our Million Dollar Bracket Challenge, powered by Indeed. That's right, Million Dollar Bracket Challenge. If you fill out a perfect bracket at foxsportsradio.com, you'll get a million dollars. And if you complete the compete against Fox Sports Radio hosts and Fellow listeners, you get first place. You get a 48-inch ViewSonic HDTV. That's right, a 48-inch HDTV until 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Thursday morning on FoxSportsRadio.com. That's FoxSportsRadio.com. Fill out in your brackets, and you'll get official rules. I do have one issue with that that copy that I read, Ramos. It says a 48-inch HDTV. Okay. Do they, do they sell standard-definition TVs anymore? I... Not that I can tell from being at the at the stores. Everything seems to be HD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe at a, a garage sale, somebody might. Have. That one's standard def. Standard def might be it. <laughs> Do you remember so, when it yeah, first came out, and you're like, "Wow, big, those wow. big tubes for the standard def TVs." Remember, no, but do you remember when HD TV oh, first yes, came I out, do, and we're yes. like. And you're like, what's the big deal? Then you say, like, oh, I'm never going to watch standard definition ever again. It's, like, it's a game changer. I remember, you know, I have glasses, right? But I didn't know that I needed glasses until I was like 22 years old and finally was able to go to the eye doctor. And the eye doctor's like, how do you see out of those eyes? And then he <laughs> gave me glasses. I'm like, holy crap. That's how it felt to, to, to watch HD. By the way, I. When I saw an HDTV first time, I was un- it was unbelievable. And even to this day, and I think I said this on the air already, Suzanne still says, I don't see a difference. <laughs> and I said, you're kidding, right? She's like, no, nope. I, don't, I don't see the difference. I don't know nope. why you need a 65-inch f- TV. I don't see any difference. I'm like, okay, honey. <laughs> Byer, do you see a difference? Uh, yes. 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 <laughs> Quite a bit. That's just one of those you just go like, okay, honey. I think it's because it's, she doesn't really care for the TV technical, that all stuff. She doesn't really care about it. It doesn't mean anything to her. One's in a square. <laughs> and one's, one's a, a rectangle. Yeah. <laughs> Where you don't have two blurry lines on either side of them now. Sometimes when the TV's in here, Doug, we'll change the channel and I'll hit a standard definition TV from and and or channel and it's like blurry. It's like, oh my God, what happened to the television? It's like yeah, the, we know, yeah, we've all seen it. It's terrible. It's 3D wall art. <laughs> you try to unblur your eyes or blur your eyes to see the actual picture in standard depth. 
There's a shark. Did you guys see this story? The Vikings gave Kirk Cousins an immediate raise and fully guaranteed an additional season in the 2023 to help alleviate their tight salary cap. Like, basically, he's reworking his deal and getting more cash with every passing deal. Under the terms of the previous contract, Cousins would receive $35 million in cash and count for $45 million against the 22 salary cap. By extending the deal into 2023, I mean, excuse me, 2023, he has two voidable years in 24 and 25, lowers cap number to $31.25 million this season, a source told Adam Schefter. In other words, he's basically going to get paid for two more years, and then he'll be out. But during those two years, he's going to reap in a ton of money. Is that about right? Yep. Yep. But he's back. But he's back. He's back. And the Vikings think- had some very nice words to, to say about him. Now, I know you're going to say, what else are they going to say? But, like, I mean— th- the new GM and new head coach are kind of hitching their trailer to the guy that kind of got the old guys fired. Is, it, is that a simple way of looking at it? Well, remember, the new GM comes in. He's a Shanahan guy, and the Shanahans swear, swear by Kirk Cousins. Remember, Kirk Cousins is a Kyle Shanahan fourth-round discovery, and so that, that I think, and so is his, his head coach is a, is a Shanahan guy, too. Is he, is he not? I mean, I know he came over from the Rams, but he's technically Shanahan family. So I think that's what's behind all that. I I don't think it's that they they honestly think he's... I I think they think that he's massively underrated, that he's really good. And, oh, yeah, by the way, like, well, what's he going to make $32.5 million this year? Well, that's a lot of money. It is not 50, right? It's the old, hey, he's the one guy who's middle class in this whole thing. Rookies make nothing. Kirk Cousins makes 30. It seems like a lot of money. Then you realize that the really good quarterbacks are going to make 45 and 50. And they're like, you know, it's not that bad. Plus, he keeps helping us with the cap. Like, Kirk Cousins helping with the cap, but helping himself get paid is a very Kirk Cousins move. But that's that's why I think the, the belief in him where it comes from. I think they really do believe in him. And I think that comes from Kyle Shanahan. Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres is our guest. Of course, you can hear AT on the weekends here on Fox Sports Radio, and he's done college hoops for a long time. A reminder, check out the latest lines from World of Sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. you got to be 21. Present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Aaron, how are you? Doug, I'm good, man. Hope you had some safe travels this week. I'm guessing you're back in L.A., but hope you had a good week in Indy, and uh, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a fun couple weeks, man. I did. What uh, what jumped out at you with the brackets? Oh, man. Well, what really jumped out was being on air with Dan Beyer and getting ready to dive in. And then number 12, I'm in the middle of an Auburn rant, and number 12 unretires in the middle of my Auburn rant yesterday. But uh, you know, listen, man, it's cliche, but, you know, being on with Dan yesterday, as soon as I saw Duke on the two line, I knew Tennessee was going to get screwed. I know people get mad and say, what's really the difference between a two and a three? But, it, it, you know, it, it screws the one seed in your region in some ways. It definitely screws the two seed Villanova. I thought they were misseeded. And then other than that, Doug, I, I you know, it what was kind of a bummer about 
that Tennessee situation was. Otherwise, I thought the bracket was fine. I mean, you know, you get down to team 67, 68, 69, there's not really much of an argument. I would have had A&M in over Notre Dame, which really had no real good wins outside of one against Kentucky to really speak of. But I thought the bubble stuff was fine. But, I, you know, I did think Tennessee, I thought they were probably closer to a one seed by the end of the weekend than they were uh, a three seed. And so to see that was a little bit disappointing. Other than that, nothing really like crazy, crazy, crazy jumped out to me. Yeah, it's a weird year where we could argue back and forth about a couple of teams, but mm-hmm. not so not so strongly as in the past, right? It just yeah. feels strange that way. Well, no, absolutely, and it's funny because you know, obviously, on a day like today, everybody kind of asks you, you know, what what is the you know what's the ten or eleven seed that can make a run or whatever, and it's not as though that can't happen, but I, I you know. One thing that, that you know, I, I've kind of come to the conclusion of is there are some years where I believe that this narrative that there's a bunch of teams that can make a run, I think that's usually a little bit overstated. History says you basically – if a one seed has a significantly better chance of winning the tournament than everybody else. But I look at that 2-3 line – and I don't think there's that much of a gap between Tennessee as a three and Kansas as a one. I don't think there's that much of a gap between even like an Illinois as a four as the Big Ten regular season champ and some of the two or three seeds. And so when when the when the four seeds aren't really that much different than the ones, like I don't really see a ton of 12, 13 seeds making the second weekend. I mean, I do think it makes it more likely that a Kansas, a Baylor gets upset earlier in the tournament than normal. But that that's kind of my big takeaway, Doug, is I'm usually one of those guys that when everybody's saying it's wide open, I'm kind of sitting there saying it's really probably not. But this year, especially with the injuries at Arizona, the injuries at Baylor, Kansas has been kind of up and down. I do think there really isn't that much difference between, say, number one in this bracket and number 13 14 15 i would agree with you all right who do you have coming who who do you have being (laughs) upset early that's that's the bigger one that's what everybody wants to know who do you have going down early okay so you tell me if i'm crazy and this speaks to one of the the conversations that we had when you were on um you know last week when dan and i were hosting i think as long as san diego state gets by creighton i think they give kansas absolute fits because you know for people who don't know Brian Dutcher's been there a million years. They just are so locked in on defense. They have high major caliber players. They're so physical. And I think one thing they do is they make you play their game about as well as – like you're just not scoring 80 points on them. And I'm not saying Kansas is even capable of that. But they're going to drag you into a game in the 50s and make you beat them at their own game. I have been – I get why Kansas – you know, you you made the point like last week, like – Bill Self is a wizard, but if you look at this team's talent, especially at the guard position outside of their All-American Ochai Abaji, there really isn't much there. That was the one, as soon as the bracket came out, that stood out to me. Is I just think San Diego State will absolutely give Kansas fits there in a, second, a potential second-round matchup. Okay. Uh, but you, crazy? you think No, not, not crazy at all. Are you picking it? I will. Yes, I'm. I'm picking it. Um, I'm actually. Do you guys, do you guys weirdly, notice a little delay in his voice? He was like, "Yeah, okay, sure, I'll pick it." Well, here's why, Doug. It's because, and this is this whole tournament, right? Is Creighton is white hot coming out of the Big East now? 
I think they overachieved a little bit at the end of the year. Um, I think they're, I know that they're even a little bit surprised they've had some injuries at, at the guard play, but a young, hot team that doesn't know any better kind of scares me. But to answer your question, here on Fox Sports Radio, however many, you know, 600 affiliates nationwide, yes, Doug, I am picking San Diego State in round two to upset Kansas and go to the Sweet 16. Who do you have in the Final Four? Oh, man, as of right now, I do have the Zags out of the West. Um, I weirdly think that they'll probably have more trouble potentially with Arkansas in the Sweet 16 than they would with Kansas, uh, with uh, Duke or Tech in the Elite Eight. Um, in the East, I guess it would be, I do have Kentucky, Kentucky-UCLA Final Four. UCLA's one. I just think they're a good matchup with um, – with uh, with Baylor in that Sweet 16 matchup in that Midwest region, Kansas is out. Um, I don't want to pick them just because they're trendy, but I actually like how the matchups shake out for Iowa, the Big Ten uh, postseason champ. And then I guess it would be in the uh, South. I'm still torn a little bit on zone of Tennessee, but then the Tennessee thing comes down to will they beat Nova with all that experience. So I'll say Arizona, Gonzaga, um, Kentucky and who was the fourth team that I said there? Uh, I'm blanking. Iowa. Iowa, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. You know, it's a little pseudo subject to change here. I got about 24 hours before this tournament starts, but that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Did you ever think you'd be picking Iowa to get to the Final Four? You know, it was so fun. The answer's no. Um, For people who don't know, I know you know, but McCaffrey, their head coach, has never even made it to the second weekend of this tournament. But. Yeah, I was watching them all season long. I'm like, you know, this team's pretty good. And, and you know, they, they shoot the crap out of the ball. And th- this kid, Keegan Murray, is like, he's just, an, you know, you brought up the point last week on Friday. You need a pro. You need a difference maker. You need a guy that you can give the ball to and make a play. And then, oh, by the way, he's got a twin brother who's like 65 to 70% of what he is who does the exact same thing, only he's left-handed. So, no, to answer your question, I never did. Um, and this was a team that was completely off my radar in the preseason, but they've been playing lights out. I mean, it wasn't just the Big Ten tournament. They were playing great all February long. I know they lost on the final day of the regular season to Illinois, but I like the matchups. I like how they're playing, um, and I just think the bracket breaks really nicely for them. I mean, a potential second-round matchup with Providence, a potential – I mentioned San Diego State in the Sweet 16. I just like how things break for them. Uh, how, I, I noticed you don't have UConn in the Final Four. Mm. How's how's that yeah. how's that going to go for you? Well, I'm a UConn alum, and so maybe this is me overanalyzing my team. But Doug, they go through some brutal scoring stretches where they just can't put the ball in the basket. And you know, even Big East tournament, I'm watching that semifinal on on Friday night, and you know they're just giving it to Nova. And by the way, it's not just that. You know, seeing Hall the night before. By the way, they had a regular season game against DePaul. They're up 22 at the half, and you're feeling great. And then all of a sudden, you look up, and it's like a four-point game with six minutes to go, and you're like, what's going on? And so, um, you know, Arkansas in the, the second round, uh, round of 32 is, what I guess, what we call it. You know, Arkansas is just relentless, man. And it's like, you know, they just keep coming at you. They lead the country in field goals attempted. Um, and I just think that's a bad matchup for them. Um, um, weirdly, I, I you know I think UConn could give Gonzaga a bit of trouble if they faced them, but it, UConn I don't know, man. Like like 
you know, they have those moments where they're so physical on defense, they look like they can beat anybody, and then they just can't put the ball in the basket. It's just, you know, I hate to say it, but you kind of are who you are at this point in the year, and when you go four, five, six minutes making one field goal, I just think it's hard to win consistently in the tournament playing that way. Who gets the Maryland job? Ooh, good question. Um, my hunch is Kevin Willard, I guess. Um, you know, I, what I have been told was that they have fully vetted the people that they are su- supposed to vet. I just think the reality is, I think people look around in this sport, man, and if you got it going somewhere, even if the, the job you can get is potentially a little bit better, you could also have the inverse and be Chris Mack and have a number one seed and then be out of a job three years from now. So, I, I you know, Maryland I do think is a good job. I know there's some questions about facilities and the fit in the Big Ten um, I do think people want it. I don't think people are leaving great jobs to take that job in the Big Ten, the way the Big Ten is right now, as hard as it is to win games in that league. I'll say Kevin Willer, the Seen Hall coach, uh, I don't think the candidate pool is as sexy as they were hoping it was going to be. No, I, I think it'd be, it'll be fascinating to see if Shaheen Holloway would then get his job at Seton mm-hmm. Hall. Obviously, Santa Clara came open. Missouri is open now. Does Sean Miller get, a, get, uh, get back in this year? Yeah, it was interesting. You know, I, I talked to Sean Miller, and, and I had my podcast, so this is not, you know, some top-secret information. He's got an ongoing investigation uh, that should be resolved this offseason. And the, the for people, you know, the notice of allegations, what the NCAA accuses him of, is out. It is not Will Wade-level stuff. Um, and, you know, he seems to be very confident that he may be facing a short suspension, but that he won't be facing – you know, again, Will Wade-level stuff. And so um, I think he's realistic in that because it's an ongoing investigation, it might not be until next year that he gets his opportunity. But, you know, I've said it with all these jobs, whether it's Missouri, Georgia is obviously no longer open. But, you know, you can do a lot worse than a guy that made seven Sweet 16s, four Elite Eights. Uh, somebody's going to get him on the cheap. I know that. I, I don't know if it'll be this year. I wouldn't be stunned if it was this year, but but it might be another year. And, oh, by the way, a year from now, as you know, uh, it's very likely that his alma mater may be available pit, and it would be interesting to see if he was uh, if there was a soft landing spot there. Yeah, that, that would be interesting. Jeff Capel is owed, I think, $15 million, so he's going to get another year to try and figure it out. Aaron Torres is our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What you do you make? you have a Final Four yet or what? you have a Final Four yet? I do. I'll review. I'll review. Re- uh, I'll uh, release it at the end of this show. Um, Here's here's one. Here's one that people didn't see. Uh, The Georgia coach, Mike White, (laughs) who people thought in maybe maybe time for a change there, but wasn't going to get fired. But people thought he would go to Ole Miss where he went. Instead, he goes to Georgia like that's a that's a wow. Take me through what you're hearing on this Georgia job and how Mike White got it. Well, it, it happened on air when we were on air yesterday, and I mean, I was just baffled for the same reasons. Is you know, I, I you know, I know a couple people in Florida. The fan base was getting restless, and I and I think there's a fair argument to be made. Uh, he replaced Billy Donovan, but also kind of up and down regular seasons. You know, under 500 a couple of years in the SEC, and so everybody felt like he may be looking for a move. But it's the one that you said is I think everybody thought it was going to be Ole Miss where he played. So as far as the Georgia stuff, you know, what I would say is. 
I can kind of see both sides of this where, one, I, I know for certain Florida fans are, are happy about this and happy for whatever comes next. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around who could be a legitimate candidate there. But from Georgia's perspective, it's tough because on air, when it happened, I, you know, I, I was kind of surprised. I'm not going to lie and say that I, I had any inside information that said that it was coming. Um, but then I kind of peeled back the layers and I sat there and said, if Mike, like, let me put it this way, Mike White's baseline at Florida was he made the tournament every single year. And if you do that at Georgia, I mean, you're going to have no problems at Georgia. They're going to love you at Georgia. You're going to be there, you know, you're going to retire at Georgia if you make the tournament, you know, four out of every five years, four out of every six years, whatever. So um, I I can't say that I saw it coming. I can't say that it was on my radar. It was on my radar that he might be looking for something else. Um, And and I do know that not only were were Florida fans thrilled, but I don't think Georgia fans were officially happy with the hire. But when I thought about it and I said, okay, if, if the baseline is just make the NCAA tournament every once in a while, I do think he can do that. But what I would also say is he obviously inherited a pretty good situation from Billy Donovan when he took over there four, five, six years ago. It'll be interesting to see if he can rebuild a Georgia program that not only was probably, not only probably, they were one of the least talented teams in the power conferences this year. But on top of that, they lost a lot of guys that are, that are going to graduate and leave the program. So the, the few good players they had are basically all on the way out. He's basically going to have to flip over this roster from scratch. It'll be interesting to see if he can rebuild the program from the ground up. Aaron Torres, AT. Follow him on social media. Okay, Follow him on Twitter, on IG, on whatever. In the meantime, listen to him on Fox Sports Radio. Aaron, great stuff filling in. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. What do you, wait to hear what Dan Patrick had to say about Tom Brady coming back to play. That's next. Hiring heating up? Indeed's hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in one place. Sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates on Indeed, whose resumes match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day at this time, we like to do is we like to get you caught up on something we heard earlier today. Something from a previous show on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports 1. We call it. And now. (laughs) What does the Fox say is brought to you by Hustler Turf. The brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawnmowers to run their businesses. And for us weekend, Joe's, Hustler has a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a dealer near you. That's HustlerTurf.com. Here's Dan Patrick of the Dan Patrick Show on Tom Brady unretiring. I wasn't surprised yesterday. I was more surprised that he retired because if you look at the numbers, he could have easily won the MVP. He threw for 5,000 yards. He led the league in touchdown passes, and they almost beat the Rams. And he's got to go, we're better than the Rams. We should have won. But the plan's in place. I told Giselle I'd give it one more try. I wanted to win one more Super Bowl. And, and it's, you know, I liken it to the guy who plans a wedding. You have a year build up to getting married. Yeah, you meet with the photographer. You, what are we going to have at the rehearsal dinner? Flowers. Uh, what, hi, honey, what do, you, what do you want the invitation to look like? How many are we inviting? And then all of a sudden you go, wait, what? That, this is the rest of my life? Hold on here. And it's almost like it's the reverse for Brady. He was planning retirement, planning retirement. Okay, I'm going to retire. Then he goes, no, 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 this isn't what I want. I'd like to see other people, at least for another year if I can. 
Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, so so look, I I understand it, the whole thing kind of strikes us as weird. I, here's the here's the assumption I was operating under. He loved doing it, he loved playing it, but he missed home and the kids. And Giselle just gave him grief for years about like when are you going to stop playing football? And it seemed like a natural two-year, one-one. Uh, we lost in the playoffs. The thing's starting to come across, fall apart. I was, I'm playing well. Like, look, this is this is a guy. It's a very much a guy thing. I don't know if women are wired this way. I don't, and I'm I'm not trying to sound like a chauvinist in any way. It it does feel like a guy thing, like at the table in Vegas, right? Well, you're up two fifty. Yeah, I'm up two fifty. Like, well, let's keep going. Like, or you could just walk away up 250. Like, no, I want to keep going. I want to keep going. Brady's got, keep going for so much of his career, and it's, it's always worked out for him. But it does feel like every time you gamble, the odds change, and the longer you play, they're less in your favor. I, I don't think no one's offended by Tom Brady. He's done this miraculous. This is actually one of my favorite uh, takes I've ever had is how Tom Brady is a lot like uh, – Brussels sprouts, right? We used to hate Tom Brady. Everybody used to hate Tom Brady. Now you're like, Tom Brady's coming back. I had a friend who texted me last night. We should all, scientists should stop what they're doing. This is a real text from a real human being. Scientists should stop what they're doing and figure out what Tom Brady's doing that allows him to still perform at such a high level at this age and look so good doing it. That's what my friend, like, we should just, we've gotten to this place where we really appreciate Tom Brady's greatness at his age. And this is only a couple years removed from Deflategate where everybody hated Tom Brady. All right, let's get to Colin Coward. He had this to say about the Seahawks and other teams run by defensive head coaches. Seattle, the Seahawks, the team I grew up with, right? We all grew up with the football team. Uh, they're going to go from Russell Wilson to, as of this morning, as the market thins out, Drew Locke, a backup. So Russell Wilson to Denver, in my opinion, is going to look a lot like Brady to Tampa, where Brady and Russell go from defensive coaches to offensive coaches, much better weapons, teams that are just missing a quarterback and win a lot quickly. And the Seahawks and the Patriots with legendary defensive coaches start to free fall. They're not as good with offense. The league is quickly changing. And the brilliant head coach, be it Belichick or Pete Carroll, that got a lot of credit for all those W's, wakes up and can't compete. I think Seattle bought into their culture. I think New England and Belichick. Culture's overrated. They only work when you've got the great unselfish player. Stafford, Brady, Russell Wilson. Otherwise, just blah, blah, blah. Leagues changing, defensive coaches, can't win anymore. Can't win with a running game in defense and special teams. Those days are over. Hmm. I seem to think that's really how the Rams like to win, although they need a quarterback to occasionally throw it downfield. That's how the Niners win. That, frankly, is how the Packers like to win at times, and they have Aaron Rodgers bail them out. Uh, I'm going to disagree with the idea of a defensive coach can't win. I think that... um, if Russell Wilson and uh, and Pete Carroll had, had that relationship has ended, and I do think he has the chance to be great again in Denver. But we all have to pump our brakes and realize for a second, Nathaniel Hackett has not coached a game in his life, and Russell Wilson has not played a played a game a quarterback outside of Seattle in his life. 
Could the best of both of them produce a Super Bowl this year in Denver? Of course. The likelihood is it doesn't. Likelihood is it's a little bit harder than people think. One, because the division two, because the quarterback is just so different. And three, the way he has to play to be successful at his size in terms of climbing up in the pocket, that's Drew Brees like, so they have to change how they block for him as well. And that's what the Fox said. What does the Fox say? All right. Um, I thought I'd do this. So here's my question to you, Dan Beyer. As you look at your bracket, do you have a big upset picked that you have one you're like, ooh, this is one that when people ask, here's the upset I'm going to circle. Well, I'll say this. I did really like Colgate. Uh, they almost uh, got one a, a year ago. Uh, they have uh, five guys that can score, uh, five guys who can shoot the three, and those are things that you look at. I just don't love the matchup of them against Wisconsin, especially with Wisconsin playing in Milwaukee. Um, so I guess in a way that's uh, while I like Colgate, I don't think I have the guts to pick Colgate to win that game. But I do think that South Dakota State has a decent shot against Providence. We know Providence plays close ball games. South Dakota State's uh, yeah, pretty good team. So right now, that would be where my eyes would go. I like I like both of those picks. I agree with you. The whole idea of Colgate is. You know, let's get a team of high flyers to get up there and they slow them down. And you're like, start freaking out. Now it's Wisconsin where they kind of play that old man ball as well. What about you, Jason Stewart? Do you have an upset picked in your bracket? Oh, I think we know what it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I still haven't filled out my bracket yet. But, I, I mean, we got to give a shout-out to Diedrich, Diedrich Taylor, Taylor and Cal State my Fort Cal State Titans. I mean, if we could pull off the upset and send Coach K into retirement with a first-round loss that would be amazing. to the Titans, who haven't won a tournament game since 1978, uh, we're rarely even there. I think it would be extra humiliating for the old guy. It would be extra humiliating for him. I don't see that happening, but it would be interesting if Dietrich Taylor and the Cal State Forts and Titans pull off the win. Yes, Byer. Uh, Ian Rappaport saying the Chargers are signing corner J.C. Jackson. So you Ooh. Bolts fans. Boom. Like Check out the latest one. lines in the world of sports at Better Sportsbook. Better versus the trusted name in online sports betting. Gotta be 21, President Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania to play. Gaming problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Free agency's begun. We'll get to it next.